Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the NACF podcast. Today's episode is a little different. It's more of a Bible study and a teaching, but it's still a great message wrapped up in it. It's about Galatians 5 and 16, walking in the spirit, the only place that the real strength comes from. So listen up to Let's Take a Walk in the Spirit by Senior Pastor, Dr. Naida M. Parsons. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Everything is, is, is by my spirit. You cannot walk by your own might, your own willpower, what you think you decide to do. You must walk by spirit. To move right on in into our time of giving, our time of tithing, our time of offering, because this is a part of our worship. We are yet obedient in this season. We yet are worshipers in our tithing. That 10% that we give back to God, oh, that is our worship. And so if you have not prepared your giving, please do so. You can do that by going to Galatians 5, 16, uh, in, in the New King James Version, and Paul is talking to the church at, um, at Galatia, and he's, he's saying to them, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's the New King James Version. In the, in the NIV, the New International Version says, so I say, walk by the spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It, it kind of gives you a little bit uh, more understanding. So somebody say, welcome to Bible study. Anytime you want to understand what a scripture means, see, I need to know what that scripture means because I'm having issues with my flesh. Pastor, you, I've been saved since I was eight years old. Every struggle that I've had with my flesh, I had after I got saved. Because I got saved at eight years old. My flesh didn't do a whole lot before the age of eight. Lord, but after eight. Child, when 10 and 12 came around. Lord, have mercy when 16 and 18 came around. We ain't going to talk about them 20s. Uh, we're not going to talk about them thirsty 30s and them fiery 40s. Things start happening as you grow in this. And so even though I was saved and sanctified, I needed to know how to walk in the spirit. So when you want to really know what a scripture means, you have to go back to the original language. So it would be like if I wrote something right now and I said, new A is off the chain lit. And new A is off the chain lit. Those of you who haven't visited us, new A is off the chain lit. But if somebody, a hundred years from now, 
read that, they would have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Off of, the, off of what chain? And they be trying to exegete the text. Now the chain, <laughs> and when you're off the chain, and see, lit means if you, if you don't understand the language of the time, then you don't understand the scriptures. So that's why you need a Bible teacher or you need to learn how to study the Bible. So I go back to the, this was written in, originally it was written in Greek. And in Greek it says, by spirit walk. And we translate it into English, walk in the spirit. Uh, but the Greek says, the original says, by spirit walk. Spirit is, this is the Greek word, pneuma or breath or wind. The spirit is the breath of God. The spirit is the wind of God. It's the active part of God. It is the life giver of God. The only reason we are alive is because we have spirit, because we have breath. That's why I like that song, yes, your breath. That's your breath that's in my lungs. Because if your breath ever left my lungs, it, 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 it's, death is not, uh, physical death is not when your brain activity stops. Sorry, doctors. Uh, it, it's not uh, when your heart stops. Death happens when the spirit of God leaves your body. When your spirit leaves your body, I don't care what they're pumping in you. You guys have been in rooms where they say they're there, but you know they're gone. When I got, when I got to my mom's room, she was non-responsive. They said her heart was still beating on the monitors. I took one look at Stella. Stella was gone. Her spirit, her breath, she never breathed the whole time. They said her heart was still moving because it, when, the, when the breath, when the spirit leaves the body, that's when the body is no longer, uh, now it's just a shell. And, 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 and so the breath of God, the thing that gives us life, the thing that gives us eternal life is the spirit of God. We have his spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the holy breath of God. It's the holy wind of God. It's the holy life giver of God. So by the spirit, and this is capitalized spirit, so it's talking about the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, walk. Walk. So this word walk is, is the word, is the Greek word, peripatio. And peripatio uh, does mean to walk, but but it, it's it's talking about the way you conduct your entire life. Okay. It's not walking one foot in front of the other. It's how you conduct your life. It's how you live daily. It, it comes from two words. The word peri means to means comprehensively around. Peri, comprehensively around, and then patio is to walk. So it actually means the way that you walk around. The way that you live in complete circuit of your life, the full circuit of your life. Walk by the breath of God, by the spirit of God in the entire circuit, the full circuit of your life. Walk in it full circle. In other words, every day. It's how you conduct your entire life. So how you conduct yourself, how you live your life is this word, walk. Well, how do I live my life? I'll live it by spirit. By the spirit. Reminds me, uh, during the Zechariah 4 and 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. 
says the Lord. Everything is, is, is by my spirit. You cannot walk by your own might, your own willpower, what you think you decide to do. You must walk by spirit. So uh, if you walk by spirit, if you conduct your life by the spirit, you will not fulfill or gratify the lust of the flesh. And so let me uh, let me see, show you where this uh, th this fits in. Go go to go to Galatians chapter five. Uh, let's go down to verse thirteen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Tell somebody, welcome to Bible study. It's all right. Y'all going to be all right. Um, Paul is talking to the Galatians because there were some people that came. They called them legalizers. And even though they were free in the spirit, they were saved. They were Gentiles. There were some legalizers that says, no, y'all need to live like we used to live by the law. That means everybody in here need to be circumcised. And so now everybody's confused because are we living by the, the old way that the Jews lived and the Ten Commandments and all of that stuff, um, all those laws that we have, including circumcision, we still have to do that and be saved. Well, if they had to do that and be saved, to be saved, then there was no point in Jesus coming to die to fulfill all of that for us. And so Paul had told them, you just believe on Jesus. He changes you on the inside and you're saved now. There's no, 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 you still got to go do some of this other stuff. And so he said, uh, so Paul is explaining this in the first couple of chapters, and, and he says, you guys are set free. You're free to just live for God. You don't have to do all that anymore. And so he gets down, uh, he, he starts off that chapter 5. It says, it's for this freedom that Christ set us free. It's so that you can be free. It's why Christ set you free. So stand firm in that. Don't let yourself be burdened again by this yoke of slavery and take you back to the way it was before Jesus came. So he gets down to verse 13. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Y'all know what? You're called to be free. Right now, we're between Juneteenth and July 4th, so wherever your history is, you're still free. But we, 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 explain it, we explain it free. But our freedom, our, our Independence Day, came 2,000 years ago on Calvary when he shed that first blood. We were called to be free. He says, but, see, this is the problem. The, the legalizer said, y'all, some of y'all ain't living right. And they like, well, we free. <laughs> so Paul says, on one sense, you don't have to go back to the, all that legalism and, and all that law, but you're called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge your flesh. Yeah, in other words, y'all got a little bit too free up in here. Don't, don't use it. So many people, I believe in Jesus, and they think they are right, and they haven't changed their life at all. It's not going back to the law. It's just that when you are really set free, you're not supposed to use your freedom to just indulge your flesh. 
to just do anything you want to do. He said, rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You still need to love your neighbor as yourself. Really, Jesus said it was too. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. And everything else, he said, that's all the law and the prophets was all about. So he said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, but if y'all keep biting and devouring each other, so now they fighting in the church about how free they are. He said, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you're going to be destroyed by each other. He said, so this is what I'm saying. If you walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So let's put the spirit on my right hand. Let's put the flesh to my left. If you walk in the, by the spirit, walk in the spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit desires what's contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. If you don't have a fight going on inside of you, you're not saved. in conflict with each other so you're not supposed to do whatever you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the old law because that old law was there to keep whooping the flesh. <laughs> so why don't I want to be walking after my flesh? He lets you know the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. All that sleeping around and all those different kind of sexualities we got now. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, serving anything that's not God, witchcraft, the crystals, the sage, the incantations, the <laughs> hatred, especially racial hatred, discord, all that fighting in the family, jealousy, fits of rage, all of y'all that go off on people. That's a, we on the flesh side. That's the, including road rage. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Factions. Separating your, your little group off to yourself. Envy. Drunkenness. Orgies. They liked orgies back in the days. Y'all like them too, but they, they, did, you know, they did a lot of orgies. He said, and the like. Paul said, I warned you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God, period. Y'all need to quit lying to folk and making everybody think they all right doing anything they want to do. I don't like this stuff. I just teach it. It says those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There is a heaven and a hell. It is. And if you're going to go to heaven, you can't live like this. Is y'all reading this with me? Or this just... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. We call it long-suffering. Gentleness or kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness meekness or gentleness again and self-control 
Come to Bible study Wednesday morning at 8.15, and we'll finish talking about this self-control and discipline. But those are fruits of the Spirit. That's what it's like to live on this side. He said, and against this kind of stuff, there's no law. Those who belong to Christ, that's on this side, right, have crucified the flesh, killed it. That's how they say it in my neighborhood. Killed it. Okay. Killed it. With its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit, or also known as let's walk in the Spirit. Don't come get conceited and start fighting each other. Y'all need to walk in the spirit. So that's, that's Galatians chapter 5. So, so, so now you know why we don't want to gratify or fulfill the lust of the flesh. That fool is crazy. Everybody needs to understand you have an evil twin. Looks like you. Talks like you. Walks like you. Lives in your house. Wears your clothes. But if you let that fool do anything that it wants to do, that fool is going to get you killed. And what I don't like is that what I've been living in the flesh. There's a lot of people living in the flesh, and it don't get them killed. Yes, it does, because the wages of sin is death. Death is separation from God. It's not, stop thinking it's about natural death. It's about the way you live your life. But, you know, most of them, they also are going to have an early or a terrible uh, life in this life as well. And you don't believe that? You believe you can do all this and be all right? Try to get some insurance. You know what the life insurance people say? They say people who live in the spirit live longer and better than those that live in the flesh. So they want to know, do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you sleep around? So this ain't just the Bible. Everybody, everybody knows that that flesh is crazy. And anybody that lives like that, even the insurance companies don't want to insure you. I do better when I have my nose. I'm sorry. Y'all just have to deal with my teaching. So to fulfill or to gratify, what does that mean? It's the, it's the Greek word teleo. And teleo means to bring to an end or to complete or to fulfill, to finish. It, it comes from uh, uh, the word telos, means completion and, and to finish. And, and this word uh, teleo really is talking about the, when you go through a process of completion and the results roll over to the next level of process. It, it, it finishes it. It levels it up. Y'all understand that the flesh levels up? It never gets full. It never gets full. Keep eating like you're eating. And you'll find yourself eating more. At the height of, of my wrestling with, uh, with, with gluttony, I would go to McDonald's, eat a quarter pounder with cheese, cheese and a 10-piece McNugget, and a large fry, the ice cream, the, the hot apple pie, uh, and, and a big, that big old supersized drink, and still not necessarily be full. Because the flesh don't get enough. 
That's why you start off smoking weed and then you got to have weed and this and then you have this. And that's, that's why after a while people, a lot of times people kill themselves because they've, they've done everything and still can't get high. After a year, they still can't get high. They can't drink enough to, to make stuff. And now, and now I can't drink enough because I have to be drink, I have to drink to be normal. Because the flesh don't get enough. So that's what this is. This word's the lust of the flesh. You won't gratify or fulfill. Uh, it, it means to bring something to completion till it rolls over to the next level. And to the next level. That's why you start with porn and you end up with rape. Because it's always got to go to the next level. And, and, and then it means to, to, to reach its end. And they said it's sort of like a, a good way to look at what this word means is the telescope that it got that T-E-L in it, that telescope. Uh, telescope, these had the old pirate telescopes, they would unfold a little at a time. They had levels. And then and then it would then it would be to its full strength. So it would start out, but as it would go level from level, then when you had it a completely stretched out, now it's functioning at full strength. So this word to gratify the flesh means if you will walk in the spirit, you won't bring your flesh to full strength. You'll stop it from leveling up and going full. So that means to fulfill or to gratify. Gratify what? The desires or, uh, or the, 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 the desires of the flesh. So this word desires is, uh, is epithomia. Epithumia, I'm sorry. Epithumia. And, and epithumia is, is desire, that passionate longing. Y'all know the flesh has passionate longings. You just want it so bad. You see that woman and just want her so bad. You, you said you're not going to drink no more, but you get in the middle of the night and you want it so bad. He's lonely all night, and you just know he's right on the other end of that phone, and you're trying to go to sleep, but you want it so bad. You, you're at the restaurant, and they had to pick that restaurant that had that favorite bread that you like, and it's just sitting on the table with the butter all on top of it. I said, I'm going to stop doing this, because every time I talk about food, y'all bring me that stuff. The devil... Uh, and you say you're not going to do it, but you want it so bad. That is what this word means, this epithumia. You, it, 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 you want it so bad. It's an inordinate desire. It's a desire that's out of order. It, it, it's more than it should be. They say men in the United States think about sex every two minutes. And God told me that that was not normal. We've made it normal. But that we are not supposed to be lusting like that. That's not normal. It's out of order. It's inordinate. It's a passionate desire. So the epi part of this says focus. That means focused and thumos means passionate desire. So it's a focused passion. So if you will walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill that focused passion of your flesh. It's, a, it's built on a strong feelings and it's built on urges. You just get the urge for something. I just got a, I just got a taste for, I got, I got a taste for some fried fish today. I just, I got a, I just got a, that, 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 that person that's, on crack. It's just, they just wake up in the morning with the urge. I, and, and so it, it 
it controls their day. I just got an urge to cuss somebody out today. They made me mad, and it was just, it was a urge. It was a, a strong feeling. It was a, it was a focused passion to tell you off. The desires, the passions of the flesh. Now, what is the flesh? I started view what the flesh was, but let's break it down. It's the he is the, the Greek word sarks and, and sarks is usually talking about the body or your human nature, but really it's typically seen as negative. Uh, all sarks is not all flesh is not negative. Some of it's just human. But when the Bible talks about the flesh, it talks about you yourself, that part that of you that is away from faith. It, it's independent of God working in you. It, it's carnal. It, and by definition, the flesh is displeasing to God. He will not glory. He don't glory in the flesh. He don't like flesh to have any glory. He don't like that part of you. That fool right there, God don't like that cat. And so it, it it's originates from us that's empowered by us. It proceeds out of the untouched or unchanged part of us. So our flesh is that in us that has not been transformed by God. That human, fallen, sinful person that has not been transformed by God. So that's what all these words mean. So so somebody say, Welcome to Bible study. So walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It, 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 this, this is how I pull what I exegeted out of the text. By the breath of God, conduct your life full circle and do not bring to completion, finish or fulfill or bring to full strength that eager, passionate, out of order urgings of the unchanged, self-willed, untransformed part of yourself. By the Spirit of God, conduct your life full circle. So and then you won't bring to completion or finish or fulfill, or you won't bring to full strength that eager, passionate, out of order urgings of the unchanged, self-willed, untransformed part of yourself. Here's the problem. I live in the flesh, but the spirit lives in me. The problem is they really not over here and over here. They're both right here. I'm living in the flesh and the spirit is living in me. So this fight occurs in me. It would be easy if I could take the flesh and put them over there. I can't wait to get rid of that girl. I call her Nye. She got a name. I can't wait to get rid of Nye. Uh, and, and as soon as I leave this body, I will be done with Nye. But you know what the cold thing about Nye is and all your other flesh is that it's going to talk you into sending your soul and your spirit to hell and it ain't even going. It's going to be right here, decaying in the earth, while your soul and spirit has bust tail wide open, and it ain't even going. Ain't that cold? And so, she's in me, or I should say I'm in her, but the Holy Spirit that I need to follow is in me. So let's look at Galatians 5.16 in the Amplified Version, and, and, and it, it'll give us 
uh, how we're going to deal, how we're going to take this walk in the spirit. In Amplified Version, it says, but I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. You got to make it your habit. Well, what does that mean? Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. It means to seek the Holy Spirit and be responsive to his guidance inside of you. You've been born again. The Holy Spirit is living in you. He said, if you would seek him and be responsive to his guidance, then you will certainly not. This is a guarantee that if we can figure out how to do this, this is a guarantee. You will certainly not uh, carry out the desires of that sinful nature in that shell that you're living in. And what does that simple nature do? It responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. It is impulsive. In other words, walking in the spirit is intentional. Walking in the flesh is impulsive. Y'all know that's right. Walking in the spirit has to be intentional because that walking in the flesh is just impulsive. You don't even have to think. You just get an urge. You get that eager urge. And just carry it out. And you carry it out until it's full strength, and now you got an issue. Um, walking in the Spirit is intentional. Making So in other words, first you got to make a decision. Walking in the Spirit is intentional. You have to make a decision. If you're going to live right, if you're going to live your best life, if you're going to please the Lord, you're going to have to make a decision because that other fool is impulsive. It, does, it just does what it does. Walking in the Spirit is intentional. Make a decision. Tell somebody, make a decision. You're going to eat bread or not eat bread. Make a decision. You're going to stay on the diet or get off your diet. Make a decision. You're going to sleep around or you're going to be celibate. Make a decision. You're going to stop cussing people out or you're going to cuss people out. Make a decision. You're going to be angry all the time or you're going to chill out. Make a decision. It's intentional. Make a decision. There's power in your decision. I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Make a decision. Is that the end of it? No, but it's never going to start till you make a decision. You're going to stop sleeping around? Make a decision. You're going to live for God or you're going to live for the devil? Make a decision. When you start, we're making a decision. Stop moving so fast. You, when, when you get that impulse to do that, you got to test every impulse with the spirit. I feel like doing this today. Whether it's something you eat, something you do, or something you look at, I, I feel like seeing some porn today. Stop. Let me test that by my spirit. Oh, spirit don't want to watch porn today. Okay, now you got to make a decision. It's got to be intentional. So you make the original decision, I'm going to follow the spirit. And that decision is already made. So that way when the, when the flesh brings something up, you've already made the decision. Amen. And you're not moving impulsively. Like, uh, 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 let, me, let me test that. But how do you do that? How am I going to do that, Pastor? Because, again, that flesh is eager. It's a strong urge. It's bugging me. It's tugging at me. It won't let me go. How do I do this? Well, he told you that in Zechariah, not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So first, you must be filled with the spirit. Yeah. Many of you, your problem is you're just not filled. That's good. 
Some of you went to churches where they told you when you accepted the Lord Jesus that you got filled with the Spirit. And that is true, that the Spirit came inside you and you were born again. Some of you just made a mental decision, but you really didn't make a heart decision, so you really weren't born again. So you walked out of here, just you just said some words, and, and I convinced you in your mind that Jesus was real, but you didn't accept it in your heart, so you never really got saved in the first place. There are some of you that never got saved in the first place. You have not been born again, because if you are born again, you can try to go back and do some of that stuff, but it don't feel the same. It, it don't feel right. I, I jumped and did what my flesh told me to do, and I, I can't even enjoy it. If you still are just reveling in it and, and everything in you is enjoying that sin, baby, you're not born again. But many of us don't stay filled with the Spirit because it's not a one-time experience. So you came to church, you got filled with the Spirit, you don't like what you're doing, that's why there's a fight in you. You don't really like what you're doing anymore. I'm doing this, but I don't want to do it. Paul told you about that in Romans chapter 7, but what I want to do, I don't do it, and I, there's this fight that's going on in me. If you have a fight going on in you, then you've been born again. Because your inner man is saying, I don't like this. And your flesh is saying, but we got to do this. But I don't like this. But we got to do this. But I don't like this. Because you're not filled with the spirit. It's not a one-time experience. It's an ongoing process that leads increasingly to an effective relationship. If you're still struggling, that means the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit is not being effective. So how do I get an effective relationship? Because then, then me and the Holy Spirit, we partners, we, we're talking. We're, and, and so it's hard. Has anybody ever, the flesh had you on your way to do something wrong, but you and the Holy Spirit had a conversation the whole time? Okay, I see some nod here. You don't have to raise your hand. But so the, because you have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and the ongoing process of staying filled with the Spirit. And it's nothing new. It's the same stuff. Fasting, prayer, reading the word, praise, worship. It's the same stuff that keeps you filled up with the Spirit. The same stuff feeds the flesh. TV, radio, music, being around wild people and, and all of that. The same stuff feeds the flesh. And so... You have to have this ongoing process. Let me hurry up. Um, and, and, and have the effective relationship with the Holy Spirit. So now you get into the Holy Spirit. Y'all have a relationship. Now you must hear him. You got to hear him. Uh, whoever got two mics, those cordless, uh, come up here. They don't mind being on camera. <laughs> Just say, y'all been on camera all morning. <laughs> Who want to be the flesh? <laughs> You, oh no, you, you signed up for that too fast. You're the spirit. Um, I, I'm going to need my, my folks back there on the microphones. Y'all know which microphone this is? That's blue. That's red. Okay. You must hear him. You must hear him. So I'm going to take, again, they, they're all right here, but I'm going to put my Holy Spirit over here, put my flesh over here. Now, I want you to tell me to come to the left. In the mic. Keep saying it. Hey, uh, come on over here. I wish my flesh did talk like that. <laughs> you talk like that when I'm by myself, but not when I'm in a fight. So you got <laughs> And Holy Spirit, I want you to tell me to come 
to the to the right. Hey, come on over here, though. Seriously, come, come on. Come to here. the right. Come over here. Come to let the me, right. Just let me holler at you for a second. I really got something that I really want to share with you. I need y'all to really fight for me, y'all. Need the money, y'all I mean, want really, me. I, come I just to the right. Ooh, come on to the left. I said holler. That didn't say seduce me. <laughs> Look at the devil. You see the devil. You see the devil. So say it right. Say it loud. Come to the right. Come to the right. Come to the no. Come to the come to the left. Come, come here. To the right. Come over here, please. Come on. You, come. Get you know right. you want to come. Now what come I on. want you to do is turn his mic down. Come on to the left. Come on. Come, come to the right. Come over here. Come to the right. Turn to the left. Come to the right. 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 What you have to do is turn the volume up on the Holy Spirit and turn the volume down on the flat. Matter of fact, turn the mic off the flesh. I'm going to say that three times, so tell it again in your spirit. Turn the mic Turn the mic off the flesh. Turn the mic off the flesh. Because they hear her. You turn the mic up. So you gotta turn the mic up on the Holy Spirit. How do you turn the mic up on the Holy Spirit? Same stuff. Fasting, prayer. Reading the word, hearing the word, standing in the word, being around holy people, developing that relationship with the Holy Spirit, talking to the Holy Spirit, being knowing the Holy Spirit, being aware of the Holy Spirit. Wake up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. I just walk with me today, talk with me today. Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit tell you to move, you move. When the Holy Spirit tell you to shut up, you shut up. That turns up the volume on the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I turn down? How do I turn the mic off? I don't even want his mic turned down. I want his mic turned off. You got to starve it out. You hear what he said? I'm getting weak over here. I'm getting weak over here. Because now you done turned my volume down. So in order to over, over talk the Holy Spirit, you got the volume so high on the Holy Spirit that now I got to yell to try to get over. And y'all need to, y'all, y'all remember in the color purple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the color purple, after, 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 after uh, Sophia came back from jail, they had her sitting at that table saying, I know what it's like, Miss Zealand. Want to sing and have it beat out you. That needs to be your flesh. You need to beat that flesh down so much that your flesh is sitting in a corner somewhere, somewhere talking about, I remember what it was like when I could sing and I done had it beat out me. Every time I sung, she went on another 21-day fast. Every time I tried to sing, she got she started looking, listening to the word. Every time I wanted to sing, she cut off all the friends that was telling her the wrong thing. Every time, I know what it's like, Miss Seeley, to want to sing and have it beat out you. Paul said it like this, I beat my body. 
and I bring it under subjection. Then you got to beat that flesh down. There's, there's this Greek mythology. Anybody heard of the song of the sirens? The song of the sirens. The siren. Is that a siren that's on that? That's on the cup of uh, Starbucks. Mm-hmm. They put the right thing on that cup. The, 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 the song of the sirens is, is a Greek mythology, and it's, it's these, these uh, angels. They're not angels. They're, uh, they're birds. They're half bird, half female. And they had this beautiful song. And what they would say is that when the sailors would go by, the sirens would begin to sing. And it would be so intoxicating that it would draw them uh, to where the sirens were on the coast, and then the ships would get would get shipwrecked. And so everybody knew that don't listen to that song of the sirens. It's going to draw you in. It is so beautiful. It's going to draw you in, and you're going to end up shipwrecked, and then all the people would die from the sirens. And so there were there were a couple of so so you would find these in a lot of Greek mythology stories, right? And so uh, two of the stories I heard there's one where this guy that he was warned about the the siren. So the captain of the ship said uh, he had a problem, and this is our problem. He wanted to hear the song, but he didn't want to get caught up in it. He heard how good it was, but he didn't want to get shipwrecked and lose his ship. But he still wanted to hear it, because everybody said it was so good. So what he did is he had them to tie him to the mask of the ship, the mast of the ship. And he told them, brother, I want you to plug up your ears so you can't hear the song. And no matter what I say, y'all keep rowing. No matter what I say, y'all keep rowing. So he's hearing the song of the sirens. The other guys can't hear it, so they keep rowing, keep rowing. And he wants it so bad. He wants to say, no, you guys, turn around. I need to hear He's screaming at them to turn around, but he couldn't get off the ship because he's tied to the ship, and they're not stopping because he told them not to stop. And he is in torment because he wants to stay with the sirens, but he's tied to the ship. And the ship keeps moving until he can't hear it anymore and he makes it through. Well, that's how some of you have been trying to live right. You're trying to hear. You want to listen. The only reason you didn't is because you got yourself tied to the ship. But you're in torment the whole time. can't enjoy life you because you're in torment the whole time because you listen to the sirens but you're in the ministry now so you can't do that oh but if somebody would have just let you loose that thing got you locked up and so you're in a fight in your flesh and your spirit because you're still listening to the song of the sirens and if, if you was if you were set free if if your wife wasn't going to catch you, if they weren't going to do a, a, a blood test or a urine test at the job, if, if somebody wasn't going to tell on you, you might just go on and do it because you're in torment the whole time. And God doesn't want us to live like that. So there was another ship. They had a different, they had a different approach. They sung their own song. And they just kept singing. 
singing loudly until it drowned out the song of the siren. In other words, they turned the mic off, the flesh. They turned the volume up on the spirit. And because they were so involved in their own song, they couldn't hear the song of the siren. Walking in the spirit is developing such a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you and the Holy Spirit are singing your own song. And it drowns out the song of the siren. How do I do that? You develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit until you begin to feel what he feels. Y'all so close. Anybody either had a close friend or, or your spouse, and y'all so close that you feel, or your kids, that's a good one. You feel what they feel. And you're so close to the Holy Spirit that you see what he sees. When, when the Holy Spirit sees the evil in that, you look over there, you see the evil in that too. You see what he sees. You get so close to the Holy Spirit that you say what he says. So if he says, we're not doing that, you say, we're not doing that. If he say, that's ugly, you say, that's ugly. When the devil say, that looks good, the Holy Spirit say, no, it don't. You say, no, it don't. You don't say what the flesh say, that do look good. He do look good. She do look good. That do feel good. You say what the Holy Spirit says. That's ungodly. That's not for me. We don't do that. You develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit so you think what he thinks. That's why this is done by the renewing of your mind. Get so deep in the word of God that you think how he thinks. It's a process. You grow into this. And then you get to know what he knows. You begin to look at people and know what the Holy Spirit knows. Because when you start getting into ministry and start moving with the Holy Spirit, you're so preoccupied with what the Holy Spirit is doing, you don't have time to see how fine he is because the Holy Spirit showed you how raggedy he was on the inside that he needed to be saved. And you're more concerned about his soul being saved than how fine he is and how tall he is and how brilliant, how much money he got because now you're seeing what the Holy Spirit sees. And the Holy Spirit, and I, and I look at you, I can't lust after you because I'm looking at your soul. I'm looking at the need that you have because me and the Holy Spirit have been talking and walking all day and this is what we do this isn't naturally what we do Hallelujah. you begin to know what he knows and then you begin to hear what he hears so the, 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 the spirit of God begins to talk the Holy Spirit just tells you what God says the Bible says the Holy Spirit will repeat to you what he hears from above and so now you're hearing what he hears yeah. and when you when you feel what he feels and see what he sees and say what he says and think what he thinks and know what he knows and hears what he hears, you begin to love what he loves. And he don't love that. Now I love what he loves. You'll get to the point where you don't love sin anymore because you're loving what he loves because you've developed this relationship. Because you're walking and talk with him every day. You're developing, you're walking with and in the Holy Spirit by doing the same stuff. Because you're praying more and you're fasting more and you're reading more and you're talking and you're living life with him. You're asking him questions. You ask him about everything. You don't just go on your own. You get an impulse and you ask him about it. You're developing a friendship with the Holy Spirit so you love what he loves. Ooh, and the part that I like that. Ooh, if you feel what he feels and you see what he sees and you say what he says and think what he thinks, you know what he knows you hear what he hears you love what he loves then you get to do what he does and now the, the presence of God is 
is in your life and you do what he does. You lay hands on the sick and they recover. You speak a word that changes people's lives. You pray for people and miracles happen. You see miracle signs and wonders. You lift people up. You transform lives. Now you and the Holy Spirit are so much as one that you even forget sometimes that that flesh guy even exists. And so the prayer that God told me who to pray for today. It took longer than I thought, but I hope it changed somebody's life. He said, pray for someone who wants to do right, but needs to hear from God. That you need to hear from the Holy Spirit. You got to start by being able to hear him. We need to turn the volume up on the Holy Spirit. If that's you, uh, Pastor, I'm going to have you uh, pray today, but I, I got some things I need to decide on. I got some stuff in my life I don't know what to do about. And if that's you that's listening on live stream, I got I to gotta make some decisions and I need to hear the Holy Spirit. Is this where am I supposed to be? Is this the job I'm supposed to have? What do I do about my child? What do I do about my marriage? What do I do about my money? What do I do about the situation that I am? I need to hear you, Holy Spirit. You got to start by hearing him, by being filled with him and hearing him. Somebody needs to hear from the Holy Spirit today. This week, you need an answer from the Holy Spirit. If that's you, that's who God told me to pray for today. Speak to, speak to my heart, Lord. Let me start there. Give me your holy word. If I can hear from you, then I'll know what to do. saying this, uh, even of uh, Pastor Parson, and for those of you who are also in a decision, he said that you have your, you, you, you are coming in with an answer, and what you think the conversation is going to go like with him. He said, but throw away your preconceived notions of what you think this conversation is going to be like, or what you think this conversation is going to end like. And just come into the conversation open. Shawnee, you keep thinking that you know how the conversation is going to end because it's ended like that before, but that's because you're guiding the conversation. The Holy Spirit wants to guide the conversation without you putting your, I know how this ends on it. I know what happened last time. You got too much on it. Do your best to come into an open conversation. And don't come into a place like you already know. My son went to a training with the, uh, the, the, um, the training team from Disney. And he said one of the number one things that in their customer service that, um, that the, the team gets wrong and that they have to retrain on all the time is that when someone comes up to ask you a question, you answer the question as if you have already heard it a thousand times. Can you tell me where the restroom is? And so the person responds like, this is a thousand times that I told somebody where the restroom is. But in their training, you answer it like it is the first time that someone has ever asked you where the restroom is. 
And that is our response when we're going to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. It's not an expectation. I know what the Holy Spirit is going to say because I've been here before. So you go in expecting like this is the first time that I've ever asked the Holy Spirit this. And you take your stuff off of it. And so that is the place that we have to come into. Let's uh, praise God. Give our pastor a hand praise for that word on this afternoon. Pastor, we appreciate you. I want y'all to uh, uh, identify the press that our, our pastor is in. And she didn't even get an off day today. Pastor Camp preached over at Central Campus, and she preached over here, taught over here. And so just know, Pastor, we're praying your strength. Uh, we're praying for Pastor's strength. And I'm going to say this, and Pastor did not ask me to uh, because she's in trouble herself. Pastor's off day is Monday, y'all. Pastor's off day is Monday. Do not call Pastor on Monday unless somebody has already died. Yeah. We got a team of pastors at both campuses. And so call the other uh, pastors if you need something, you all. And this is for us leaders. Don't schedule no more meetings on Monday. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but no more meetings on Monday. It is pastor's off day. Nobody else schedule anything on her off day. She only gets one. And if there's an emergency, she does not take that. And so we're going to cover our pastor. I'm, I'm going to help cover our pastor. Because we it's a Monday available, let's do it on Monday. So that means that pastor has to get out on her off day. And uh, she hasn't talked about it for a long time. But pastor's schedule is full. From morning until night, every single day. And so we're going to cover our pastor. Because uh, we thank God that our pastor made it through the pandemic. She never stopped. She never got sick. Oh, she worked more than that. Because our pastor went hard in the paint. She went hard in the paint. And so our best that we can give. Give us some love. Love on the pastor. Throw some extra at her. As a matter of fact, she turned up in the pandemic. Turned up Bible studies. Turned up prayer. That is a shouting point, man. That is. And so what we're going to do in return is love on our pastor. And we're going to love on him with some rest. Amen. 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 I do not believe that we have any other announcements or any other thing. Say it again. Oh, Pastor Renee. Y'all, let's celebrate Pastor Renee on this afternoon. Her and her husband, Kareem, are celebrating their 20th wedding anniversary this week. Hey, it ain't no easy thing. Happy 20th anniversary, Pastor Renee. I don't know about y'all. It takes some work to get to 20 years. It takes some... Well, it takes some work to get to 20 years. Tisha, it takes some work to get to 20 years. <laughs> and me and my husband, we got some 20-year uh, marriages. Um, the Regans this year are 20. 25 for the Regans. The uh, Richardsons, uh, Lamia and Sean, are 20. I don't know how many Val, 26. And myself and David are uh, 20 years married. We, we've been together a long time. And I want 
not even get into the Jordans. How many years? 39 years. Come on, y'all. Marriage is working out. It's working out. It's working out over here. It's working out. And so we celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. Take some time to be away with your family, to be away with your boo. Um, and we're going to hold it down while you take a little bit of time to celebrate. Uh, other than that, I do think that that is it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Let's stand as we say our benediction together. Thank you, praise team, for today. Thank you, Ben. That's good. That's good. Let's say it together. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. I'm going to say, who with me? Greet one another with a holy wave. We still waving. I'll just like salute you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Have your seats. Our sanctuary attendants will get us. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante campus. Central Campus, that's New Antioch Central at 77977.